This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by the Cosa Nuclear Power Plant. The Cosa Nuclear Power Plant, bringing the city of Cosa efficient energy every day with practically zero risk of zombie outbreak. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. This week, 1981's Graduation Day and 2008's Dance of the Dead. As prom season continues. And ends. This is our last prom and graduation-themed episode. Before we get to those movies, Kelsey, how do we start the show? Slash cards. You want to give me your first question? Who is the killer in the original Friday the 13th from 1980? Uh, Mrs. Voorhees. I don't know her first name, but it's his mom. Pamela Voorhees. Pamela. Pamela. Kill them, Mommy. Kill them. Yep. Kelsey, what actress played the ill-fated Tracy Mills in Seven, 1995? Gwyneth Paltrow. That is correct. Those are some uh, easy ones right off the bat in today's episode. Again, still sick, and I am sorry, guys. For the way this certainly must sound, we're trying to get a few episodes in the can before we go on a trip. We're going to Europe coming up here pretty soon, and we're going to be out of the country for, what, like two episodes. Mm -hmm. So we need to get these in the can as quickly as possible so I can edit them and get them all prepped so we don't miss any weeks. Yeah. Really excited for that. This week is certainly... An episode. (laughs) (laughs) Starting us off is Graduation Day from 1981, written by Anne Maurice and Herb Freed, based on a story by David Bond, directed by Herb Freed and starring Christopher George, Patch McKenzie, and E. Danny Murphy, with a cameo by Vanna White. Not in the context you would expect, because it's 1981, and oh my god... It's a trauma film. Yeah. Excited about that. Kelsey, what is the premise of Graduation Day? A high school senior dies on the track field in her epic race that was going to beat the records. uh, And someone has decided to kill off the rest of the track and field team. What is the record? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. That's very important and also not important at all. Correct. Kelsey, this movie is available on Amazon Prime and for rent, for those that don't subscribe, for as low as 99 cents. Should people watch the movie? If you're way into slasher, 80s slasher movies, and you just kind of want to see them all, then yes. Otherwise, not necessarily. It's not exactly a high-quality film. No. Uh, But it's also not what you might expect out of a trauma film. This is a very low-budget slasher teen movie with minimal effort, and it's 
fun to watch if you're into bad 70s and 80s horror movies. But it certainly is a bad 70s and 80s horror movie. Yeah. So do with that what you will. Watch it or don't. And when we get back, we'll discuss 1981's Graduation Day. There are 200 seniors at Midvale High and seven days till graduation. Class of 81 is going out in style, and they're having the time of their life. It's been a great year for Midvale High. The track team finished first in the state. Then again, Midvale always produces winners. The class of 81's being fitted for caps and gowns and coffins. There's 200 seniors at Midvale High and seven days till graduation. Too bad there'll be no one to celebrate with. Graduation Day. All right, Kelsey, walk us through Graduation Day. What happens? We open with some epic 70s music playing over a track and field competition. Yeah. And it ends with a girl, like we said, in her big epic final race. She's very obviously from the get-go not feeling this race. Uh, the look on her face tells us she is in some sort of pain. <laughs> I was talking to Kelsey when we were watching it. I'm like, she runs like you run. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> I mean, you have a little bit of, like, Phoebe Buffet running in you. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> Awesome. I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you. <laughs> uh, but so she, as soon as she wins, so she does win, she does beat the record, and then she collapses and dies. What? First death right out the gate. We find out later it's because of a blood clot. I don't know how that works, but. I mean, basically what happens is you get a blood clot in one of your important arteries, and it prevents the blood from traveling through your body, either to your brain or somewhere else, and you die. So even if she hadn't done the race, she probably would have died. She might have gotten the blood clot from all the exertion that she's that she's doing, but yeah, if she had a blood clot, it probably wasn't from that specific race. But I don't know. I'm not a doctor. If you're a doctor and you know more about it, write us. Please Let do. Let us know. So we meet the girl, her name was Laura, and we meet her sister, who was in the Navy, apparently. And she has come back uh, to receive her award or whatever at the graduation ceremony. So she is getting, she's hitching a ride to the town from the airport or wherever it is that she came in from, the train station, whatever, And a guy tries to grope her, and she's like, hands off, mister. And it's like, this is the point where I realized, yes, I have, in fact, seen this movie before. And I completely forgot it. If that tells you anything about what type of movie, it's it's very forgettable. I'm fairly certain I've seen this as well, but I couldn't, I didn't remember anything about it. No, not at all. So she's coming to accept uh, basically an award in the girl's honor but she's also super creepy yes and we see that she has in her luggage an ash gray sweatshirt and 
black leather gloves. But we don't see that until after we see the killer's first kill. Yeah, but this is this is like a... Uh, that's one of the stupid things that people that don't know how to make horror movies just put in because they feel like they're supposed to, is these like hints that it could be a person. And there's no reason that this person, if they're not the killer, to have this specific stuff with them. It's absolutely ridiculous. They either are the killer or this is ridiculous. Okay, true, but it does keep you guessing and that does keep you engaged throughout the whole movie. Sure, yeah, uh uh-huh. So, uh, we see from the killer's perspective, a girl is running. The killer has gloved hands, as Chris mentioned. We find out later that the sister has gloves. Uh, and the killer times the girl who's running. Which is the same thing that the coach did. He was timing Laura, was her name? Yeah. Uh, to see if she could beat 30 seconds, which she hit 30 seconds exactly. And so now this killer is timing this other girl to see if they can kill her in 30 seconds. <laughs> um, and the killer certainly does. They slash her throat. Um, and of course, then when she's laying there on the ground, we get a up close shot of her butt because that's necessary. Yeah. 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 <sighs> then we. See, everybody, all the track team is getting ready for a picture to take with the coach and everything. Because it's the end of the year, they're taking it for yearbook, I guess, or for the paper. Maybe the paper, because it doesn't make any sense for the yearbook. The yearbook would have already been printed. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, "We can't take the picture until Paula shows up." And Paula's the one that we just watched get killed. Yeah, but the coach is a dick, and they just take the picture anyway. Yeah, Coach is a pretty huge dick. Well, he apparently is getting fired. Yes. Though I don't see how it's his fault that the girl got a blood cop, which is exactly what his response is. Right. He's just like, everybody loved me. Nobody gave a shit how I got the awards. They only cared that I got the awards. And then this girl falls down dead from a blood cop, which has nothing to do with me. And now I'm getting fired for it. Yeah. And and it's weird because there's no scene where he's told he's getting fired. Yeah. We just find it out. We find it out partway through the movie when the police officer comes to talk to him. But it makes his actions make more sense because he seems very angry and disgruntled throughout the film. Yeah. But I also get the sense that he's just angry and disgruntled all the time. You know? Possibly. So then the sister shows up at the house and we meet her parents. It's her mom and her stepfather. Her and her stepfather have a very bad relationship, but that is pointless and goes nowhere. So who gives a shit? Oh, it has. There's one scare, which is totally dumb in the end. Oh, yeah. Well, whatever. They've got a bad relationship. They obviously do not like each other. Oh, look, honey, Anton. Oh, shit, Sherlock. Don't talk to me mother like that hey you don't like it uh, why don't you go back to china or wherever the hell you came from i mean nobody invited you here now please don't fight ronald's joking that's all since the sister's been gone they've turned her old room into a dark room for the stepfather i guess which means that she gets to sleep in her, her dead, dead sister's, sister's bedroom room. which they haven't changed it's got a gigantic poster of the Bee Gees in it and during this conversation we find out that there's some sort of Money being given to the sister, and she says she doesn't want it, so the stepfather can keep it. Stepfather kind of, like, just like the dude in the truck, kind of 
threatens her. She's just like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I learned some things in the military. And I mean, in the shot with the guy in the truck, she like grabbed him by the balls. Yeah. Uh, so she's a force to be reckoned with. I mean, as you would expect, she is in the Navy. So then we get another shot from the killer's perspective. He's got the picture of the track and field team. And he's, or whoever it is, has been Xing out faces. In lipstick. In lipstick of whoever dies. So the two girls who are dead now have X's over their faces. Right. The next thing that happens is we meet a girl named Sally, who is also running in the wooded area. And she runs into Anne, the sister. Who says she's looking for the auditorium. Yes, because the auditorium is going to be waiting for you in the woods somewhere. No, I get the feeling that this is another weird campus layout that has (laughs) some weird geological feature. One was a cliffside, and now we have a forest (laughs) that people run through, and and that kids hang out in and smoke pot. And so, like, apparently this is on campus. And... She's, fuck, Anne's really fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have beautiful eyes. Just like Laura's eyes. Uh-huh. She's dead now. <laughs> you have lovely eyes. My sister had eyes like yours. She's dead now. Oh, gee, well, gotta run. Yeah, and so when they, when they uh, wind up at the rehearsal, for the graduation, which they're all wearing their cap and gown for, for some reason. Yeah, it's weird. It's very weird, because they have school this day, which is also weird. They're graduating on a school day, (laughs) and it all takes place in the daytime. Like, it's ridiculous. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, And Sally sees Anne, and is like, oh, that's, you know, she gets announced. Oh, it's... Laura's sister, Anne, she's here. Let's all round of applause for her and show her respect. And and then Sally turns to her friend and is like, that girl is weird. <laughs> this is when Anne meets Kevin. Yeah, and she says, you know, Kevin, oh, Kevin is Laura's, boyfriend. was Laura's boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, and she goes to him and she says, you know, your letter meant so much. Can we talk? And he says, catch me after school and then runs away. Yeah. And she's like, where? Kevin, Kevin where? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so she just ends up going to his house after school. No one answers the door. She walks into this person's house. Yeah. Uh, finds a photo album filled with pictures of Laura. There's a crazy lady sitting there watching, like, snow on the television and, like, yelling at her to get out. Get away! Get away! Go on! I sit! I didn't know anyone was here. And then Kevin comes downstairs. It's like, Dad, don't mind Grandma. Uh, she can't hear a thing. Yeah. And so Anne gives Kevin what was supposed to be Laura's graduation present, and it's like this medal? It's a track medal. So, like, maybe maybe this is over the course of a couple days, because they are after school at this point. Yeah, I think it's like two days. Okay. But anyway, back to the school. Uh, in the locker room, a girl, one of the track this girls. Is, this is Sally, the girl with the pretty eyes. The lights go out. The door scare- mysteriously closes, but then she runs into two girls. Yeah, Doris and Joanne. This is Vanna White and another girl named uh, Karen Abbott. And they just, like, they were given no script, obviously. <laughs> and it's just, oh, just bicker. And they bicker on and on. They make such a big deal about how they ran into somebody as they were walking through a door. And they don't shut up about it. 
It's like, why? Like, come on. Why are they just filling time with voices? And it's like, there's no way anyone would make this big a deal out of the fact that you almost accidentally ran into somebody. It's so stupid. I don't believe her. What are you trying to do? Jesus, I, what is what you I, are I, out to lunch. You are out to lunch. Let's get out of here. This girl is you know, wacko. Me so much oh. that I wet my pants. But this uh, this girl Sally is going to be doing part of her routine for a photographer. Yes, apparently they have a great a part of their track and field team is also Gymnastics? Like, this is legitimately Olympic-style track and field. Like, they have uh, pole vaulting and shot put and gymnastics and track. And it's like, there's a lot of different events. Like, they are serious about this stuff. Yes. And so... So, the the coach is saying, you know, for Christ's sakes, don't embarrass me. Because she doesn't want to do it. She's like, I'm not really up to it. And there's a guy from the paper there to take pictures and... And he's like, no, it's okay. I don't need to... And he's like, you shut up and do your job. The coach is being a real dick and he's making her do it. And then I asked when when she's doing this routine, he's like looking at her. I'm like, I don't think so. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to make it seem sexual the way he's looking at her. But I don't, I don't actually think so. I think the way he's looking at her is like, he really does take pride in how skilled they are. Yeah. But he also flips out whenever they fuck up. Yes. So she does end up fucking up and falls. And he's like, I've never seen anything so sloppy. You broke your concentration. That's what happened. Um, and it is. She keeps thinking about what the what the film shows us is pictures of Laura. So that's what she's thinking about. Yeah, she about. keeps thinking about her, and that's where she breaks her concentration. The second time she does, she ends up running away to go and shave in the sink. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Where she is approached by a masked killer. He's... Dressed for fencing, which they also the same, have at their school, apparently. He's wearing the same ash gray uh, sweatshirt, or sweatsuit, actually, full thing. The leather gloves, and he has a fencing mask on. Now, I don't know a lot about fencing. I know a few things, right? There's the uh, there's a saber, there's a foil, there's an epi. Um, and these are different styles of fencing, like what kind of ways you score points. I don't believe... Any of them are actually lethal. That would be bad, especially in a high school. But she gets run through her mouth with the sword, and it comes out the back of her head. Yes. Uh, and he stops the stopwatch at 30 seconds again. And then we randomly get to meet this music teacher who is obviously adored by his students because he, I guess, is so so good at his job that he sometimes gets to go on tour with famous artists. And he is obviously a reference to Liberace. He seems so gay. He is 100% Liberace. The really flamboyant piano player with that same sort of uh, pattern of speech that all the women love, but he seems kind of gay. I mean, showbiz is my life. Oh. <laughs> I got tired of the parties. Oh, the parties. Oh, I can't stand it. Having to kiss the behinds. All the little things you have to do when you're part of the biz. Oh, wow, what a oh, fascinating line you've oh. read, Mr. Roberts. Oh, really? How exciting. Yeah, well, 
when you're an entertainer as I would as I am. <laughs> but he is definitely womanizing. Yeah, a girl comes in and she's like He's like, you know, I can't pass you. You'll have to take summer school. And she just immediately starts undressing. Yeah. And they uh, have sex. Yep. Okay. <laughs> then we meet the principal. Well, Guglioni. for the second time. We already met him at the at graduation the rehearsal. rehearsal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Here we see he's having an affair with his secretary, Blondie. And that is apparently her name because other people call her Blondie. Okay. And he's a total dick to her. And then uh, he cuts up an apple with a switchblade. And then he opens up his drawer and we see there are a bunch of switchblades, which he's obviously confiscated and a stopwatch. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. Uh, So then back to the music teacher who hears things in the pipes, which leads him down to the boiler room, which leads to him finding a tape of him having sex with one of his students yeah, and then t- we see two kids run away laughing. Guess what, people? This has nothing to do with the plot line of the movie. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's where the storyline stops. None of these people are victims. Like, it just... That's it. It's really weird. I don't know if they're trying to, like... The problem is, is it seems like they're trying to be, like, a red herring sort of thing. But it just muddies the motivation for the killer right it doesn't make it real clear what the killer's motivation is which i guess makes it harder to figure out who the killer is maybe but i mean for the audience you should be clear about that sort of thing (laughs) because the music teacher has absolutely nothing to do with laura's death whatever so then Anne, Laura's sister, meets up with the coach and he explains, like I said earlier, you know, she got she had a blood clot. It had nothing to do with me. I loved your sister. I gave my life to Laura. I molded her. I shaped her. She was precision. She was power. And then the other chick goes, uh, Anne says, like a machine. I spent four years with Laura. I molded her. I shaped her. She was precision. She was power. Like a machine. Because yeah. from Anne's perspective, he saw he sees his students as things to kind of further his career. Right. But his career isn't going anywhere because he's getting fired. Yeah. And he says, yeah, I didn't kill your sister. I loved her. And she said, she basically says this isn't over. Like it's a threat. Yeah. She says, we'll meet again, Michael. Yeah. Like... Jesus. Maybe she is the killer. Uh Uh-huh. Then uh, one of the other track and field guys, who is apparently also on the football team, is running around with his football equipment on. Uh, I guess he's headed to practice. Maybe we know that this is on campus now. Right. So maybe he's just headed to practice. I, I don't know. Or maybe that's how he jogs with all of his equipment on to get a good workout. He, I, I Who knows? He comes across some girls... Girls, I have no time for this nonsense. My public awaits me. It's really cute. But then they're gone and that goes nowhere. They Uh, throw the ball into the bushes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They throw his ball into the bushes. And he goes into the bushes to look for the ball. Which is where he comes across the killer. And one thing to note here, I think this might be the first time that the person is seeing the killer dead on in the face. And this person... It's like, give me the ball. Is clearly not intimidated or afraid of this person in any way. Right. Um, but we see that the ball, the football, has 
a foil, a fencing foil, coming out the end of it. Um, but the hilt is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, how like, this works, I have no idea. <laughs> he would have had no time to actually build this. <laughs> I mean, the idea is maybe that he ran it through, but again, the hilt is nowhere to be seen, like it's inside the football. I can understand how the prop department built it. <laughs> I cannot understand how the killer built it. And when the guy asks for his ball, he gives him the ball, he throws the ball at him in a perfect spiral, which it would not fucking do. <laughs> And then it runs this football player through. It makes no sense. And kills him. Ralph. <laughs> yes. And then stopwatch 30 seconds. Yes. And it's okay. Bunch of kids are hanging out. One kid's on a guitar and the oh. boyfriend is on the harmonica and they're singing a song called Graduation Day Blues. They're just rocking it. I saw Tommy in the hall playing with his mask. He said he was taking off. See, this is the same sort of song like that was in, um, what was the, what was the movie where they show up at prom and there's a band playing and they're singing about high school blues or whatever. It was, was that Carrie? Anything about Carrie. Yeah. It's the same thing where it's. Oh, we need a we need a song that high school kids are playing. Let's have them complain about how tough it is to be a high schooler. Like, ugh, it's so dumb. It's really, really dumb and pointless. Yeah, it's it's totally pointless. There is a lot of filler in this movie. <laughs> well, here's where I wrote. <laughs> I think it might have even been a little bit later. And and this is kind of my assessment of the whole movie. You're getting a sneak peek. This movie just appears to be a series of things that happen. Is there even a protagonist? <laughs> Think back, Kelsey. Is there a main character that we follow? Yeah. No. The sister. Nope. She's in a quarter of the scenes, maybe. There is no main character. Well, so then there's a skate roller skating party. Hell yeah. With a band that had a like special appearance by Felony. <laughs> Yes. Who has anyone ever heard of them? They look dope as fuck. <sighs> they're like they're like dressed like sort of gangsters, gangsters, but they have makeup on and they're, eyeliner very, and lipstick, and they're like goth. It's very gangsters. emo, yeah. yeah no, like, it's, it's way cool. I'm it's, sorry. It's interesting. They're pretty dope. <laughs> I like them a lot. And then two of the kids sneak out. I don't know, to have sex or something. If you stuck around at the end of the last episode, you may have heard me say something to the effect of, uh, what's the line, the world is my toilet or whatever? Yeah. That's what this is from, is this guy, Tony, they're talking about how, mu how great it must be to be a dude when you have to pee, you could just pee anywhere, and he's like, the world is my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's this scene where it happens. And while he's peeing... He gets straight up decapitated. Yeah, it's nuts, but it looks crazy. Yeah, no, no, and it's a really bad fake head, too, when you actually see it close up. So the killer then chases the girl through the woods as gangster rock is still playing, which, by the way, <laughs> had to have been at least, at least 23 minutes long. <laughs> gangster rock!
they're saying? Yeah, gangster rock. Oh, okay. That's why they're all dressed as gangsters. Awesome. But they're like glam gangsters. <laughs> so great. And he kills her with the sword that he has when he finally catches up to her while the band is still playing so nobody hears her scream. This is when people start noticing that kids aren't coming home. And so they call, they're calling the school. And the principal's like, what the fuck do you want me to do about it? Yeah. And he's giving Blondie a hard time. And when you hear him on the phone with one of the teachers, I was like, oh, he actually handled that pretty well. You know, it's like, yes, we are worried as well. We'll notify you as soon as we hear anything. Um, yes, ma'am, we're also concerned. Like, you know, like he's, he handles it really well. I don't know why he's so upset at having to answer these calls. But he is. He just ah, they were probably out raising hell before graduation, and I'm sure they'll come home. But I'll keep you posted. And he does a very good job of reassuring the the parent that he has to talk to. And Blondie g- gives him, like, teases him a little bit by saying, "I'm not going to lie to these people and tell them that you're not here. You have to deal with these calls." <laughs> it's really cute the way she antagonizes him. Uh, this is when he meets the officer, uh, Inspector Halliday, and they agree to help each other. To find out where these kids are going. So then we see a kid on the track and field team doing a pole vault. Which is not unusual. Throughout the movie, we see kids, especially at the beginning during the opening montage, doing all these different events. So it's not unusual to see somebody do that. But he does it, and unfortunately for him, someone has set up the the, the mat that you fall on. To be filled with razors inside. Like spikes, yeah, right? spikes. It's the coolest death in the movie. Pretty excruciating. 100%. As you come from that giant height, at the top of the vault, and you land on the pad, you just fall right through the pad and get spiked through with all these spikes. It was pretty awesome. It's a I very clever say. way to kill him. Totally. Very clever. And stopping the stopwatch at 30 seconds. <laughs> the cop comes to talk to the coach and about how his six students are all missing. And the coach, at first we think, might be dead. Until he finally looks up and we realize, no, he's just really upset at the fact that he's been fired. This is where it's revealed. He tells the, co- the cop, you know, I'm, I'm being fired. Because the school is getting bad publicity, I guess. And we also see inside the coach's desk, black gloves, stopwatch. Mm-hmm. And they argue a bit but nothing really comes of it then we cut to the locker room and this is when vanna white and her friend find in the locker room oh that's right sally's body from when she was killed earlier because nobody's found her yet Mm -hmm. and they start freaking out and the coach is like what's going on in here and they're like oh my god the coach killed sally and michael's there too the boyfriend and he starts chasing the coach down so now we have the coach, the cop, and Michael, and this is when Anne shows up. And there's this big chase, and finally the coach gets away, because he's being chased and he didn't do anything, but he's being attacked, basically, by Michael. And he gets away from all of them, but Michael finds him. And this is the big reveal, where Michael reveals to the coach he's the one that's been killing all of them because he blames the coach and everyone else on the track team for his girlfriend dying. Yeah, he starts screaming, you all killed her and now you've got to be punished. We were going to get married today just after graduation and you and the kids are going to get away with it. So you've got to be punished. They all had to be punished. 
I saved the best for last, didn't I, Michael? Because you're the only one left. And you're the best for last. 30 seconds. That's all it took. Just 30 seconds. From the time you first pushed Laura into the race until you and the others killed her. Just 30 seconds. So they start wrestling around a lot and there's a big fight scene and uh, Michael pulls the knife on the coach and they get into a struggle and the coach overpowers Michael and is standing over him with the knife and he gets shot by the cop. And now it's going to seem like it's all wrapped up. The only one who knew is now dead. Now we have Michael telling Anne and the cop that the coach did it. So Anne goes back to the office and talks with Blondie and says, oh, she's here to get Laura's diploma, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Or something like that. Mm -hmm. And Blondie's like, oh, no, Michael already picked it up. He said you sent him. She's like, huh. Blondie's like, he, you did send him, right? And she's like, no, no, yeah, no, it's okay. And then she goes and she goes to Michael's place and no one answers. She walks in. Again. Uh-huh, she just lets herself in. <laughs> the grandma's there, doesn't react to her. She goes upstairs and we see Michael's room. And there's like, he is totally like a D&D nerd. There's medieval weaponry up on his walls. An axe that you see on the cover of the movie that never gets used in the entire film. And that's really frustrating. <laughs> and we see somebody sitting in a chair wearing a cap and gown from graduation. And it turns around and it's the decomposing corpse of Laura. Straight out of Psycho. Yes. But like bulging eye sockets and stuff like that because it's all decomposing. And it, it looks kind of neat and kind of hokey at the same time. Mm -hmm. it, it, it just threads that needle so well, just like right in there. It's hokey and it's cool. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> all right. That's fine. And that's when... Oh, fuck. What? I've been getting the names wrong this entire time. Michael is Kevin. I, I don't know why I've been saying. <laughs> All right. So, people, if you listen back and you're confused. The coach is Coach Michaels. Kevin is the name of the boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. So, clear that up. There we go. Kevin comes in and is like, oh, you're you're here. <laughs> yeah, I stole her so we can be married, you know, like I, I dug her up so we can still be married and he's acting like it's no big thing. Kevin is obviously, aside from the murders, he's obviously off his rocker. Yeah. Like, it's really crazy. He explains that, like, you know, they all just acted like she never existed. No one even said her name anymore. And he's like, hey. Give her a kiss. Give the bride a, a kiss. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no. And he's like, ah, you're just as bad as the rest of them. <laughs> but she ends up overpowering him and throwing him out the window. Yeah, what happens is she falls against the chair that Laura's body is in. And it's like a rocking chair. And it pushes her body forward into <laughs> Kevin. And they both go falling out the window. <laughs> she looks down and they're both on the ground. And it looks like Kevin's out of it. And so she goes downstairs and can't even open up the door before it pops open. And there's Kevin carrying Laura's body back inside and up the stairs. And he completely ignores her. <laughs> Which is kind of cool because Kevin is nuts. <laughs> so she runs away. She runs to the field for some reason. 
Right. She runs back to the school and she's she does one of those like Oh my god. Oh god. Her, her her run is ridiculous. Oh it's oh really no. bad. <laughs> like her limbs just flailing everywhere and she's all out of it. <laughs> <laughs> just this desperate run. And uh, she runs all the way back to the school, to the field, and Kevin is chasing her. And they fight, and they're fighting, like, under the bleachers. And this is where they find the some more bodies. bodies, the girl's body. Um, they open up a cabinet, and for whatever reason, he put the spikes and the body up on the inside of the door of some cabinet under the bleachers. And if you've ever been under the bleachers, outdoor bleachers in your school that probably look like this, this is exactly how the bleachers at my high school looked. (laughs) Uh, But there's this body hanging up on the door and they're fighting and she ends up pushing him backwards and he gets impaled on those very same spikes. And then I feel like being in the Navy, she could have overpowered him way easier than they made it in this film. He had a knife. Yeah. He also had crazy strength. He hasn't had government training. Right. Right. So later that night, because fucking nothing happens, (laughs) it just cuts to her her back at the house. Back at the house. Whatever. Yeah. Both me and Chris at this point are like, why isn't this movie over? Why is it still going? Kevin comes into her room with the knife. Yeah. Except it's not really Kevin. Her mom comes in, hits the lights, and it's her drunk stepdad all upset about her and then the mom takes him away and then she's laying in bed clearly fucked up about it and then she leaves and as they drive away we see the graduation day banner on the street in the town and it freezes on that and credits roll and at the very end of the credits we get a stopwatch ending at 30 seconds Because of course we did. Yeah. All right, Kelsey. Lightning round? Yeah. Do you have anything for lightning round? Couple things. I have a couple things as well. I really enjoyed the strings in the score, especially towards the end. It sounds very similar to Psycho. Like when, um, is it Marion? Who's the main sister in Psycho? I can't remember that. I feel Uh, really bad. Yeah, she's driving away and it's the strings that play as she's driving away. The that that one there's a lot of that in this movie and it's kind of cool i like it a lot i wouldn't be surprised if it's ripped off straight from psycho though i noted down that when they took the picture the track and field group yeah one of the guys put his his hands around one of the yeah, girls like neck. both hands and i don't know if that was kevin or not i don't know i don't know I don't know. Satan's pretty cool. When Michael screams at the coach, I I don't remember what it is, but maybe I'll put in a clip here. I said, the boyfriend screaming at coach is pretty great. No idea what that is. There are so many things in this movie that just have absolutely nothing to do with the main premise. Yeah. The conversations that Anne has with her mom are really bizarre. Like when she first walks in, her mom's like, you've lost weight. She goes, no, mom, I've been the same for 10 years. Why? Yeah. Why are we getting this conversation? Like, like other weird things. The whole relationship with the stepdad, aside from the very end where you think it's going to be the uh, Kevin, but it's totally not because Kevin's dead and we watched it happen. (laughs) Yes. uh Like, other than that, like, I'm like, why? Like, there's a whole long scene between her and the stepdad. 
just going back and forth yeah, saying mean and things to each other. Yeah, an awful person, and it's, yeah, it's totally dumb. So apparently this was part of the video nasty panic in the UK, which is a term used to uh, refer to movies and other things that are violent, and there were, like, religious groups and people who are really upset about the content and the effect that it's going to have on people. And so a lot of movies were ended up um, not being able to be shown, never prosecuted, but like confiscated and never being able to shown to be shown under the, what's apparently the 1959 obscene publications act that they used. Um, So that happened to a lot of, a lot of movies in the early uh, 1980s in the UK, and this film was caught up in that. Even though there's really not a lot of... I mean, we get decapitated heads, we get spikes through bodies, but it's not like... None it's not it's what you would gory. normally get in like a trauma movie where people are like ripping out guts and stuff like that. Yeah. No, none of that. Uh, when Anne runs into the girl running through the um, forest and she says, you know, you got lovely eyes... Laura did too. She's dead now. I, I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention that the girl's response is great. She's like, "Oh, gee, well, I gotta run." <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> During the graduation rehearsal scene, Blondie says to the principal, "You know, they're animals. I swear to God, they get worse every year." It's just like, why? Why are we having this conversation? What does? What does? It's this adding mean? flavor. It's filler. There's so yeah. much filler to like this Like I say, this movie, it's just a series of things that happen. I mean, like Chris mentioned that there's like um, pot smoking in the, the, the forest. That does happen. A girl and her boyfriend are out there smoking pot during the day, and a cop comes along, and they have a whole conversation, yeah. and the kids run away, and, and then the, cop the cop smokes the pot. pot. <laughs> but it has nothing to do yeah. with the story. It never comes up again. They're just creating flavor, creating interesting characters, because they think that's what they're supposed to do, but it doesn't contribute to the film in any other meaningful way. So, it, again, it's just like when independent or lower budget horror films get made, unfortunately, too often they do things just because they think this is what they're supposed to do, and they have no idea why they're doing any of it. And so it's really not very effective at all. But kind of like the silly slash cool needle threading, this movie does that a lot too, I feel. Just in general. It's ridiculous and dumb, also kind of cool. It goes back and forth. It really treads that line for me. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of other things, but it's really not important. Like, it, there's just, there's so much stuff that is unimportant to the story. Right. It's, so, very, it's a very strange movie when you really think about it. So what do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes? 43. 57. Huh. Overrated or underrated? Probably right on target. Really? What would you get? Would you give it a 57? I was thinking like 55. Yeah, I think 55 is a good rating, because I was thinking 50, but I mean, I kind of liked it, so give it a little bonus points. It's entertaining. It's not good by any standard. Um, right. And it's, it, But it is entertaining. I think I have a soft spot for any 80s slasher movie, except for pieces of absolute shit like X-Ray. I think X-Ray will just forever be... <laughs> <laughs> The X-ray. bar. <laughs> like, 
X-ray and lifeblood. Like, if anything is ever worse than X-ray, I, I think I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's entertaining. If you like slashers, it's fun. But it's really dumb. Yeah. And it's really quite pointless. It doesn't do anything new for the genre. It doesn't do anything interesting. And if you're here for the trauma-ness, you don't even get a lot of that. No. I'd say the most clever death, like I said, is the one where he does the... The, the pole vault. The yeah. pole vault. Because uh-huh. the rest of it is just meh. Yeah. All right. That was 1981's Graduation Day. But before we move on to our next movie, Slash Cards. Kelsey, what do you got for me? Name three horror movies that begin with the letter R. Red Dragon. Yep. Red Christmas. Yep. Red something or other. <laughs> um, there is another red movie. That helps. But there's one that I can't believe you haven't said. Well, I mean, I'm not going through a list of all the horror movies I know. I can't do that. My mind is not equipped for that. But there's one that we've done that I can't believe you haven't said. Rosemary's Baby. There it is. Yeah. The other red, by the way, is Red Clover. Oh, God, yeah. I blocked that from my mind. <laughs> Except for the great Billy Zane line. <laughs> I lost her in a Black Friday panic. <laughs> All right, Kelsey. Yes. You also need to name three movies. Okay. But there are three horror movie spoofs or parodies. So not Cabin in the Woods. No. Scary movie. Yes. I could just say one, two, and three. I mean, we've established, no, you can't. (laughs) Uh, So scary movie. Oh, what's the one of The Exorcist where they actually got her? Oh. Yeah, I loved, loved, loved this movie as a kid. I can't remember. Me and my me and my buddy Andy would watch it all the time. I've never seen it. It's a Leslie Nielsen movie. I know. And she's in it. Yeah. I don't remember what they called it. Do you want to know what the what the title of the movie is? Sure. Repossessed. Ah, yeah, I would have never gotten that one. There's another one with Leslie Nielsen that has Mel Brooks. Dead and loving it. What's the name of the, what's the full name? That's not what it's called. It's part of the title. A Dracula story? Close. It's Dracula dead and loving it. Oh. That's two. Does Scream count? No. Scream is like Cabin in the Woods. Okay. There's another Mel Brooks movie. Based off a classic horror film. It was the first DVD I ever bought. Oh, Young Frankenstein. That is correct. I also would have accepted Shaun of the Dead. It's not like really a spoof, but it is a parody. I guess, but see, I would kind of put that in the same league as Cabin in the Woods. Now, Cabin in the Woods and Scream, they are comedic. Mm-hmm. And they're self-referential to the genre. But movies like Shaun of the Dead... The fodder for the comedy is more about those tropes and other elements. Um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Club Dread. I love Club Dread. Yeah, me too. It's That one is way underrated. It's on our list. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> anyway, those are some good ones. I, I can't wait till we do some of those at least. All right. 
moving on to our second movie of the week. Ah, 2008's Dance of the Dead. Directed by Greg Bishop, written by Joe Ballerini, and starring Jared Kuznets, Grayson Chadwick, and Chandler Darby. Kelsey, what is Dance of the Dead about? It's another prom movie, but this time uh, the town is being taken over by zombies. And it's up to some high school kids to kill the zombies. This movie is only available to rent, so you gotta spend money on it, and you can't even buy it. It's just available to rent, uh, unless you go physical media. I was really looking forward to this movie. So was I. Is it worth watching? No. Just watch Zombieland. Zombieland is way better. Yeah. Like, if you wanted a movie about a teenager in a zombie apocalypse comedy, watch Zombieland instead. I thought this was going to be... It's hard to explain what I thought it was going to be, but... Because if I say that I thought it was going to be more self-aware, uh, you could argue that I'm wrong because there are moments where it's extremely self-aware. Right. But then there's other times where it's just like, are they taking it seriously right now? Right. And then there's other times where I thought it was going to be sillier than it was. Right. And it, like, it takes itself way seriously. And then there's other times where it's just like, Really? Yeah. That's how low the bar is right. for the comedy in this movie? Um, I mean, and you look it up online and it's got raving reviews and I don't understand. It, it There's some arguments going on online over this movie uh, where people are all like, this movie's great. And other people are all like, what are these people smoking? It is garbage. Yeah. And it's just back and forth like that. How could you guys not see how hilarious this movie is? What? This is the stupidest movie I've ever seen. This is not Jennifer's body. No, it's not. I, I, it's just not good. It's really, <laughs> Don't see really it. Not. Don't see it. Don't see it. Yeah. See, see another movie instead. This is another one of those movies where I've got enough notes at the beginning and then it just fell off. I, I checked out. I stopped paying attention. Yeah. Because it, it also goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. It feels like it never ends. And it's not even that long, I don't think. It's like, it's not even an hour and a half. But it just feels like it's forever long. Yeah, it, the pacing is horrible. And it just kind of, it meanders a lot to get to the main point. Which, I mean, anyone sitting down to watch this movie, Dance of the Dead, you know what you're getting into. So I don't know why they delay it as long as they do. Right. And you can tell they wanted somebody like Jesse Eisenberg, right? And an Emma Stone from Zombieland. But they just don't have it. They have these kind of nobody actors, which I'm not going to talk down on them, but they're just like, they don't have the charisma of who should be cast in a film like So this. here's so the question that you just asked from Slash Guards is pretty prevalent here. Would you consider this like a spoof? No. But do you think that's what they were trying to Parody, do? Parody maybe. But this is no this is no it doesn't grabbers. have anything it doesn't have yeah, right. It doesn't have anything to say about the genre at all. Yeah. So I I'd, I'd say no. This doesn't count. I mean that's the best connection I can come up with right now is like grabbers 
And Grabbers knew how to beat. Grab- First of all, Grabbers is hilarious. And the pacing is there. Yeah. It's fast. It moves from thing to thing that you care about. Whereas this is like, oh, we also have this love story to tell you. That's entirely contrived. And nobody gives a shit. I am not invested in it. I don't believe it. It's... Anyway, we're going to talk about the movie in a little bit more detail instead of in these generalities. So don't bother seeing it. Just listen to this trailer. And when we get back, we'll talk about 2008's Dance of the Dead. I know this is last minute, but will you please go to the prom with me? Ew, get lost, Jimmy. You will remember tonight. The prom tickets! We don't have dates to the prom. I was going to go, but then my day ate bad spinach. Wow. Uh, Come on, Steven S. You're the Oh, hell. From the creative minds behind 30 Days of Night and the Grudge movies. Why is this happening? Into the world. God's flushing the toilet. If we don't stop those things from getting to the prom, then our world is over. Little lady, you'll get the machete. But I don't know how to shoot a machete. All right, where are y'all going? To the prom to kick some zombie ass. Who are you guys? We're the sci-fi club. We're here to rescue you. Dance of the Dead. Wish it was a corsage. Kelsey, Mm. what happens in Dance of the Dead? It starts out promising. Yeah. It starts with a cemetery. Yeah. And a groundskeeper who obviously takes his job very seriously. He cleans off the graves. He makes sure there's fresh flowers. But he also uh, takes care of all of the bodies that seem to be coming up out of the ground. Yeah, and he treats it like, well, this is my job. And that's kind of cool. Yes, it starts out promising. He cuts off the body parts. And even though he does, they still keep walking around and he collects them. Yep. This gravedigger comes back exactly once in the movie. And has no impact on the plot. But it's funny. Hooray! They show us that the cemetery is right next to this big nuclear power plant. Like, think like Simpsons. Yeah. I guess you're supposed to assume that they're coming back to life because of shit that's coming out of those. But they don't really say. But that's I think kind they of mention it, but that's the it. implication. Yeah, uh-huh. No, they, yeah, they, they set up a sequel about going to do something about the nuclear power plant. Then we get to see the high school. We see a band trying out to be the band at the prom. And they're a rock band. And, like, pretty quickly, uh, the principal or somebody is like, just stop this. And then one teacher's like, yeah! <laughs> they're not bad. They're really not that bad of a band. But no. they're they're loud and yeah. they're rock. It's not, it's not what you'd expect for a prom. Yeah, and the nerdy teacher is like rocking out, does the devil horns and it's... it's Again, like, it starts out promising. Right, but the execution isn't that great. Right. It's all, It's like, oh, this is really cheesy. Like, I can see they thought that this was going to be funny, but they have no and idea And you see the humor there, yeah. but yeah, it's not done well. And then we see that one girl is campaigning for prom queen, which I've never heard of. She's Whatever. got, like, posters that say vote for whoever for prom. Yeah. She'll come up later. And then we get this bizarre scene in a science class where they have to 
dissect a frog. Yeah. And the teacher is an asshole. And yeah, another asshole teacher scene. Mm-hmm. At totally unbelievable Completely asshole teacher unbelievable. scene. Completely unbelievable. He'd get fired so right. fast. Uh-huh. Seeing as we're dissecting animals today, class, I'd like everyone to take a look at this one. James Dunn. Jimmy Dunn, 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 Dunn. Notice the brain, devoid of all intelligent thought, capable of only a C-minus average, barely passing high school. The mouth, big and loud, always running with nothing to say. Note the hands, only worthy of working at a drive-thru. A loser, a nothing, a nobody. Like he forces a girl to cut up the frog, even though she really doesn't want to. And this is where we meet our main two characters. I have no idea what their names are. Uh, Okay. Jimmy and Lindsay. Okay. Jimmy and Lindsay are dating, even though he's like considered a loser and she's like... Well, he's a slacker. Yeah, and she's like Miss Perfect, so... Everybody doesn't understand why they're together. And that's exactly why they break up. Right. And uh, he's making jokes with the dead frog. And she's like, well, we need to get this A. And like, yeah. you, know. you don't ever take anything seriously. That's mm-hmm. why we're breaking up. We're not going to prom. Well, is that when he does it? I mean, when she breaks up with him right then? I don't know if it's right then, but who cares? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. At one point, yeah, she breaks up with him because he doesn't take anything seriously. And she does. Um, and so she decides she's going to go to prom with this other guy Mitch. who clearly has a crush on her, and he and her are, like, fighting for valedictorian. Yeah. He's the one that takes school a little bit too seriously mm-hmm. and be, and is a dick because of it. Mm-hmm. Like, she takes it seriously because she wants to do well in life. He takes it seriously because he wants to be powerful and successful. Mm-hmm. And that, those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get to meet... Steven, who is Jimmy's friend, he's a nerd. He likes Gwen, who's the popular girl. Yeah. And her boyfriend or date or whatever gets sick on bad spinach. I guess they don't ever outright say it, but they say like something no, like No, they do say bad spinach, yeah. Uh, so he wants to ask her to prom and all the nerds are telling him to do it. And she is apparently clueless, which makes no sense. And she's like, I'm going to go ask the guy from the rock band, who ends up being a total just douchebag, and is like, How, we're not going to that fucking dance, because they, they weren't chosen, so they're not going to go because of their principles. But he's like, how about this? You can come and watch us rehearse, and then you can blow me after. Tell you what, go ahead and skip that prom. Come over and watch us play. Afterwards, you can give me a head. And he's being serious. Like, he's yeah, not joking. Uh-huh. And she's just like, uh, and that's the no. end of that conversation. So then, I don't know, zombies show up, basically. Yeah, okay. I don't so even remember how we first see them. I think this is how we first see them. Mitch takes Lindsay to the makeout spot. So I was thinking about running for student council again next year, but I think I might just take a year off. You know, give other people a chance to win. But then I remember what my dad always said. Never, never, never... Let other people win. Oh, let's make out. No, uh, there's some other scene, and, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> again, doesn't it doesn't matter. In any case, uh, he, Mitch gets dragged out of the car, and 
she, Lindsay, takes oh, the car. Attack? Yeah, and she runs into the, the sci-fi club, which includes Steven and these other nerdy kids. And they get attacked by zombies. She comes by in her car and they all pile into this car and they, they run away. You've skipped. There's a scene at like a convenience store where a bunch of people die. And I think the band is there. And the one, one of the guys who we know, I looked him up and we know him from another movie. It, but it's funny because there's one line where the guy and we know him. He's in another fucking horror movie. Oh, Kyle. We, that, that's who Kyle is. Kyle is the the white trash redneck rebel type, and he was in The Signal. That's right. Yes. He's like the main guy from The Signal. Yes. Yeah, we did. We watched The Signal, which was one of our New Year's movies. Which was great. Yeah, it was I mean, a lot it of fun. I mean, it, it wasn't like perfect, but it and, was yeah, great. No, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but he does this whole like redneck punk hates everyone, bully type person. And that's, that's who Kyle is. Okay, right. Uh, but then like, there's the, one of the guys from the band like smokes weed all the time. And he sees like a zombie eating somebody. And he's like, did one of you jokers lace my weed with formaldehyde again? Yeah, like, like, there's some funny lines here. There's funny thought. Like, I see where the story could have been funny. It's just like you said, it is not executed well. Yeah, before we get to this point, I wrote down, it's been a very long time with absolutely zero hint of zombies or any other worry. It's all about them trying to get prom dates and all this stuff. They don't even cut to anything. All we got was that first scene with the gravedigger, and that's fucking it. It's like a good half hour into the movie, and there is nothing. I, I, wrote, I forgot I was even watching a horror movie. I, and again, who even is our protagonist? Is it Steven? It's the main guy and his girlfriend. Is it, though? In any case, they're running away in the cemetery, and we get this really actually cool scene yeah. of all the bodies popping up out of the graves. And when Chris says popping, he's not explaining it well. They're literally well, I'm like... Just, I'm gonna explain it. <laughs> they're literally like shooting up through the ground. Right, there's like Which, pneumatic launchers that are popping them up, and they're landing in a run as the camera is tracking on a dolly. It's really cool. It is. It's a cool shot. I mean, way over the top. Way obviously, over the top. Obviously, it doesn't make any sense, but that doesn't matter. It's no. supposed to be comedic. And yeah. it's it's well done. It's really, really cool. We also see the science teacher who was a dick is in his classroom and all the frogs come back to life. Yes. And one jumps into his mouth and kills him that way. Yes. That's kind of funny. I loved that. But a lot of this is just really so fucking cheesy. At some point, they all get back together, all the people that are still alive. And a bunch of people have died at this point. Like, seriously, guys, I'm sorry. It was it was so boring. I didn't take enough notes. I don't really remember exactly how this all plays out. But they eventually get to the prom. But they're too late. The whole This whole movie is them all trying to get to the prom because they think that they'll be able to kill them. And one cool other thing... Well, and thing, they're worried that it's going to be a feast for the zombies. Right. And yeah. one other cool thing that we haven't mentioned yet... The band, like I said, the guy... Oh, but you see this coming from 3,000 miles away. But the band, they encounter... They're, they're in a garage uh, rehearsing, and when they open the garage at some point, there's just a mass of zombies in front of them. 
but they're playing music and the zombies they're not really dancing but they're like standing there swaying they're hypnotized a la uh like frankenstein or tasmanian devil or any of those you play music and they really like it but so of course <laughs> they come across the band and they find out that they've been doing this for five hours. Yes. <laughs> like, there's some really good moments. I, yeah, damn, about good really lines good. and moments. There are some peaks of, <laughs> oh, oh, this could have been good. <laughs> uh, Maybe so, if they had more money and more time, something could have come of this. But. So they take the band with them because they're going to play at the at the dance and they're going to stop everybody, all the zombies, but they are too late it's already infested. Everyone at the at the prom is a zombie. Until they find the prom queen who falls in love with the with the sci-fi club president. Oh, yeah, that's Which is kind a funny scene. They're like totally into it. He, and, and he's all like, take my hand. I have come here to save yeah. you. And she's like, oh, and takes his hand. And it's it's like there are really cute moments right. that are unfortunately piled under all this crap. They also run into the um the coach, the high school coach <laughs> who is a prepper apparently and he gives them all the weapons and tools that they need. They have explosives. I don't even remember that. You don't remember don't that? Don't remember that happening. And the idea is is that they're going to blow up the 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 gym with all the zombies in it. Uh, but he drops the detonator in the chips, and so Jimmy and his girlfriend, or is it, no, it's Stephen and Gwen. Stephen dies, and he has a good death scene because he, he like, finally apologizes for all the bullshit he's done. No, no, that's that's Jimmy. Oh. That's Jimmy with, uh, with his girlfriend, Lindsay. Um, I'm talking Stephen and Gwen. Gwen's the popular cheerleader. And he's the nerd from the sci-fi club. And they both get turned. And then they end up making out in the bathroom as that zombies. That was weird. I I thought it was weird. I was like, what the fuck? Like, have them die, have them live. I don't care. But then to have them be like, oh, we're both dead now. So now we're going to eat each other while making out. It was really strange. Yeah. And so... Uh, Jimmy has to go in. He feels like he has to go in and get the remote. And Lindsay ends up going with him. And they're going to sneak out, but then they get noticed. This is when the band starts playing and tries to distract them all. And then the power goes out. And the the bassist who gets high all the time or whatever he is, he ends up getting eaten, which is kind of a bummer. Because <laughs> he was the best part of the band. He was really great. I do kind of remember the arsenal now that you bring it up because that's when the one of the sci-fi kids gets a uh, gets a helmet. Yeah, football helmet. And this other guy with this big curly afro is like, "I want the helmet." I'm lower to the ground than you are. <laughs> and so he gives it to him, and he's got it throughout. And at one point, when they save the girls, and the the, the president gets to be with the prom queen. This kid is sitting next to another girl. He takes off his helmet. And he's, he's like, like "Here, here you have it." And, and then she he takes, takes it. it and, and then like, you know what? Like, Never mind. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, um, "No, I need this." <laughs> takes it back. <laughs> so yeah, Gwen. Gwen gets. Uh, uh, she gets bitten in all of this. She tells Stephen, and he's like, "Oh, well, 
Uh, let's make out. And as they're making <laughs> out, she turns and she rips off his bottom lip or his tongue or something like that. And then he turns and then they just continue to make out. <laughs> but they're also like eating each other. Whatever. It ends with them happy. Like the two main, the main couple are together. And oh, when when it explodes, they have a really cute uh, scene. They walk out and right in front of the explosion, the main characters are making out. It's a cute moment. Yeah. So... They Yeah, they do blow up the school, and then there are the survivors, which is some of the sci-fi kids. I don't know if any of the band survives. Lindsay. Does the coach die? I don't remember. I think maybe it is the, co- the coach survives. And then they make this plan. Yes, the coach survives. And they go back. They eat. Their, their plan is to go get something to eat, get some rest, and then take on the power plant or whatever. And, that's and she says... End. Pancakes are cool. Sure. Satan's pretty cool. <laughs> Satan's pretty cool. Satan's pretty cool. We both said that one. Said it. <laughs> I mean, there's, a, like I said, there's a couple of good things that we skipped. I'm just going to go straight into the um, lightning round. Lightning round. Um, Gwen uses her cheerleading skills to get to the car when they're trapped in the house. Ugh. When Jimmy feels the need that he has to go get the remote, they didn't convince me that exploding the 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 gym is the only possible course of action. So I felt absolutely nothing when Jimmy's like, I have to go inside. It's like, no, you didn't, you don't have me convinced and she sa- that you have to do anything. And she says, you go, I go. Yeah. It's bullshit. I thought, I did think the zombie makeout thing was kind of funny. I thought it was weird. The main girl has this thing with cursing. Uh, she always says, like, frickin' and darn. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. And at one point, one of the characters curses, and she goes, must you curse so much? <laughs> Which is random, but okay. Yeah, I think that might have been the coach or somebody. I have written down here, is this movie still going? Yeah. It goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And it's less than an hour and a half. Yeah, it's because the pacing is all bad. Um, at one point, the guy from The Signal, the punk guy, uh, I think they ask him if he's going to prom. He's like, man, I screw college girls. <laughs> <laughs> he is pretty great. Yeah. He's one of the good parts of this movie. The cheerleader girl who is liked by the sci-fi club guy, um, she has a pretty funny line. I think it's when the coach is giving them all the stuff. He's like, here, you get the machete. And she goes, but I don't know how to shoot a machete, which is funny. Yeah. They do a prayer before they go in. Which came because out of Lindsay's into fucking that. nowhere. Yeah, it really, really like, did. Like, they all, like, grab hands and they all take it super seriously. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. It was very bizarre. At one point, the girl says, I'm sorry. And he says, you don't ever have to tell me you're sorry straight out of love story. Yeah. Felt completely love out of nowhere. to say you're sorry. Yeah. So strange. Wrong, by the way. <laughs> love is admitting when you're wrong. And saying you're sorry. Right before the girl turns, the pro- the cheerleader girl, uh, he says, I won't let you die. You're the best. Please. <laughs> Which was funny. One of the sci-fi kids says, I saw a UFO once. I don't remember the context of it, but apparently oh. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> no, the sci-fi kid doesn't. They're like, who are you guys? We're the sci-fi club. And the girl, who he gives a helmet to, says, That's right. I saw a UFO once. Yes. <laughs> Like they have, like they they have these moments and these uh-huh. lines, but but otherwise, they get buried. but otherwise, and I wrote this down at the end. This is such a nothing movie. It's very nothing. It's just a nothing movie. 
So that said, what do you think its Rotten Tomato score is? 40. 80. Of course, there are only five reviews, but four of them are generally positive, giving it an 80%. However, it does have 3,280 user ratings, uh-huh. where they actually do rate it, they give it a score, uh-huh. uh, and the audience score is 51%. Okay. Probably a little bit closer. I'd still say that's too high. What would you give it? I'd probably give it a 45 that was exactly what I was thinking. Somewhere around there. I mean, it's got it had some lines that cracked me up that I loved. Yeah. And I mentioned all of them. There weren't enough to make me really like the movie, but they made me laugh so hard that it's that's why it's getting the 45. Yeah. Like there are some glimmers of good in this, but in general It is not a good movie. No. I have no idea about the production of this film, but I feel like it came from, like, a short story, you know, and they had no idea how to turn it into a feature-length film. Yeah. It also seems like a super indie film. Which isn't always a terrible thing. No, sometimes it's a great thing. There are a lot of really good indie, indie movies, but it's like... It's, it was too big for its britches. It tried yes. to be a comedy and it wasn't nearly funny enough. No. It tried to be a zombie movie and it wasn't nearly zombie or scary enough. No. Its pacing was all over it's the place. It's not scary at all. Not at all. Not even one bit of it is scary. So it really needs to deliver on the humor and it doesn't. Right. But here and there, there are some good lines. Which is unfortunate because you get a little peek at what it could have been. Exactly. Now, if any of our listeners are have seen this movie... And you think it's good, please, please, please write us and tell us why. Yeah. You know, we always do kind of question when we when we see movies like this that have great reviews like online. It's just like, did we miss something? Yeah. It, are we the weirdos like we asked last time? Uh-huh. Um, are we the weirdos? Because <laughs> I don't see how anybody watched this and said it was great. Right. Neither do I. I don't get it. I mean, Maybe- there are so, so many better specifically zombie comedies. Yeah, and what you guys have to know about the choosing of this is because originally I wanted this to be a graduation-themed week. Yeah. But there are no current graduation day horror movies. They don't exist. Um, Some of you might be thinking about some, but you're probably thinking of movies that take place in college, which I wasn't looking for. I was looking for high school. Yeah. Because graduation day takes place in high school. And trust me, guys, I know. I've got graduation day movies lined up for college for next year. But this year, I really wanted to focus on high school because we were doing so many prom movies. There is a modern movie called Graduation Day, but I think that's more of a mystery suspense movie Mm. more than it is like a horror thriller. So when I chose Dance of the Dead, it was literally because it was so highly reviewed. Yeah. And I don't get it. No. Neither do I. All right. That was 2008's Dance of the Dead. Kelsey... What are we watching next week now that prom and graduation season is over? It is Father's Day next week. So, because of that, we are going to watch Eyes Without a Face and Don't Breathe. Both of which are about crazy-ass fathers and their daughter relationships. That's great. These are 
One is a classic. You can find it in the Criterion Collection. That's Eyes Without a Face. Very highly reviewed. I've never seen it. No, I've always wanted to because I'm a huge fan of the Billy Idol song. And just because... Eyes Without a Face. Yes. And just because it's 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 known as, like, this great film, so... And Don't Breathe. I, I really liked that movie. I thought it was fun. I, it was very tense. I don't remember a lot about it. I remember really liking it. It did some things that I really didn't like, and I remembered hating the end. It had Lowndes from Manhunter. As who? He's the Cop? blind guy. No way. Yeah. That's Freddie Lowndes? Yeah. He's the bad guy from Avatar? Okay, that I believe, but I mean, I believe that the old man from Don't Breathe is the same old man from Avatar. Yeah, we talked about it in the episode. Remember you recognized him and we looked it up? They and don't look, he doesn't look I told you when he got same. older, he looks way different. He looks way different. Yeah. You know, he like buffed out and got all white and grizzled and yeah, no, it's, he's a very intimidating presence in this movie and. But yeah, I, I remember really liking it, hating the ending. The ending goes places. <laughs> that movie, the premise of the movie is that these kids trying to get some money um, because they're they're trying to move away, right? Like they're it's graduation, right? Isn't yeah, it? they're um, just trying to get out. And so they break into this blind guy's house because they hear that he has, has a, a lot of money. Of money. Mm -hmm. And it takes a fucking turn. It does. So you should see it, I think. And we'll talk about it next week. That's Eyes Without a Face. And don't breathe. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Until then, you can always reach us at podcemetery.com. You can browse all of our episodes there, along with a list of every movie we've ever had on the show. You can leave a comment and share your thoughts on these movies. Recommend one or two for us to cover in a future episode. You can also email us at podcemetery at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at podcemetery. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Little reminder here, we're now on tons and tons of different services, uh, including Google Play and Stitcher Premium and all of those other services that you might have if you don't have access to iTunes. So until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. Kelsey, what parting wisdom do you have to share with our audience this week? Never, never, never let other people win. To the sacred place To see a dream I can't escape Moles and fangs that are picking up bones It's the Barry Gibb Talk Show Talking it up On the Barry Gibb Talk Show I don't know what that is Jimmy Fallon does this great impression of Barry Gibb And um, Justin Timberlake Does his brother I forget what his name is Andy Gibb or something like that and they do a talk show, and that's the theme song. That's Talking cool. it up on the Barry Gibb talk show. Saturday Night Live? No?
That's great. No, I've never heard of it. All right. So then, uh, skate party. No. Oh no. Before that. Uh huh. Oh no no no! It's not a sword. It's garden shears. Everybody. Yeah. Rock your body. Yeah. Everybody. Rock your body right. Back streets back. All right. Oh my God, we're back again. (laughs) When did you get a beer? (laughs) You disappeared. I got myself a beer. I went, I was doing the laundry. I thought you were going to get water. I was going to say, can you give me a beer? You weren't there. I went and got myself a beer. (laughs) All right. Doesn't matter. I forget who it is, but they play um, some musical instrument and he. I don't And then if you stop, like early Tasmanian devil stuff. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Are you spoiling something? (laughs) No. I feel like you're kind of spoiling something. Not really. Okay. All right. No, that's fine. Uh, And this has been Pod Cemetery. Kelsey. Shit. God damn it. (laughs) Must be nice to be a boy. You can piss anywhere you want to. The world is my toilet.